morning. Welcome once again. And uh, so we've been talking the last few weeks about the getting to the root of the problems. We're talking about purpose. That's been an underlying theme as we've went along for the past few weeks. And uh, last week we looked at how we, we see the world, how the view it, the world is portrayed. And, and we were looking before that at how we get so involved with things that, that man creates, such as, as money, and how we can be so wrapped up in things. And we really get a, a false sense of, of who God is and his purpose and what he wants for us, what is our purpose, and how the, these things all all come together and uh you know god speaks to us in in many different ways and and uh a lot of times for me it's is as we're discussing something he'll just keep putting more and more information in front of me just so we can keep building on it and keep being able to to use it and to to work with it and we uh and so it was, it was reassuring us. We are talking about something, and I happened to read an article about some of the things that we were talking about and how, they, how it fits in, and we're going to talk about some of that today. You know, as a, as a pastor, we get many different reasons why that people do not want to be part of the church. They don't want to be part of our religion. And some are, are tried and true and... and and some are, are, are branching out. And, you know, we've talked about in the past that how things are not really original. How most times that things, whether it be a screenplay, a book, that their ideas are, are built on other things. And uh, I was listening to a, an interview with a, an author that I enjoy. And uh, they were asking him, how do you come up with your characters? Are they based on real people there were these people in your lives and it gets is he said um yes in a way that we take pieces of different people that i've encountered over the years and i kind of blend them together and it forms this persona and you, we've had different people along different ways that you know could be this person could be this person but you know we're we're not just making things from nothing. There's only one true creator, and that is God. He is the only being that can actually take and make something from nothing. You know, we think that we do all these grand things as mankind. You know, we can we can erect structures. We can build these different products that we use each and every day. And we do these grand things with our minds and our hands. But all of this stuff would not be possible without God. God put each and every raw material here. Everything that we use, we start with something. And we build upon that. And we put all these little pieces together to make something new. And even the ability that we have, that is God-given. It's God-given talent. It's God-given ability. He has 
put these things in us. He allows us to be able to learn. We have this grand mind that we can adapt. We can learn to do new things. We can use our mind along with our hands and we can do amazingly wonderful things. But it's all because God has given us that ability. And he's given us the free will to be able to choose what we want to do. And when we look at all that, we have to wonder what it is that is so off-putting about God. So many times we hear that I don't want to be in the conforms of religion. I want to be able to make my own decisions. I want to be able to do what I want to do. And then if I'm having to follow this rule book, and I'm having to listen to this God person and follow his rules, that I can't have that personal freedom that I so desire. You know, it's funny that we tell ourselves that we want this, this freedom, but yet we are constantly going back and wanting leadership. We see that history repeats itself over and over. We go back to the Israelites, and what did they ask for? They asked for rules. They said, Lord, give us what you want for us, and we will... Take them and we will we'll follow them. Give us your commandments. We'll follow them. We'll be able to do that. We have that. We'll be able to do that. And we've seen that that didn't work out too well. And they said, Lord, we need a king. We need a king. We need someone to rule over us and tell us what to do. And we still have that today. God says, I am your heavenly father. He says, I am your source, I am your leader. But yet we still have that today. We want someone telling us what to do. We want someone with some status that can tell us what to do. We have all the answers we need into the Word of God. But yet whenever we are in a thing of a conundrum. We're looking for some kind of information. What do we turn to? We'll turn to, to social media. We'll look to gather information from random strangers. You type it out. What is your opinion on this? And wait for all the, the feedback to follow. Opinions. Because if we don't have some kind of foundation, and the only foundation that we can have, the only thing that works is the Word of God. It's the only thing that's been there from the beginning. It's the only thing that will stand all the way to the end of time. It was designed through God's glory. It's designed with His perfection, and it has each and everything that we need. And nothing else can compare to it. You know, one of the, the things we get is, is you know, we have all these different branches of, of religion and all these different types and, and twists and, and turns on everything. And it's like, how do we know which one is right? 
It's simple. It's which one that follows the Word of God. Some of these are real easy to dismiss because as we go along and we look at their belief system and they say, well, wait a second, that is not what the Word of God says. So that doesn't work. We cannot have a belief system that is based upon things that are not found in the Word of God. We have to have a strong foundation. We've been talking about family and we've been confronting some of the things that we've been facing in the world today, some things that are, are front and center. And uh, we've been looking at our, our, our roles, our traditional roles as, as men and women, and that we're trying to blur those things now. And we're trying to disregard about what God says because now we say that this doesn't fit the, the cultural norms. And, you know, I thought, even myself, that this is kind of a, a new modern-day difficulty that we're facing. But it's not so. See, we just keep rehashing the same sin over and over. See, back in the, the 19th century, that's been quite a few years ago, there was a, a group of what was modern thinkers in, and at that point, they was challenging gender roles at that point as well. Because God has made a balance into things. And to go back, you know, we, we, we talk about why is it that we, we disregard God so much? What is it about his word that is so off-putting. What is it that we think is going to hamper our lives? It's going to take down our quality. It's going to take down our freedom. Because for many of us, we do not really know what the word says. We do not know what is in God's letters to us. We do not know what he wants from us. Because we haven't taken the time to read it. We haven't taken the time to study it, to learn it. And when we do look at it, we look at it with a biased heart, through biased eyes. We already have our minds made up based on what our feelings tell us, based on what the world is telling us. And if it don't fit that predetermined box we've already put together, then we don't want any part of it. We want to tuck it away. Put it away. We want that, that freedom. So we think. See, it's Satan. It's the world. It's the uneducated that keep telling us that God is this wicked taskmaster. That he's doing these things just for his own benefit and his own entertainment. And the fact is that everything that God asks of us, everything he tells us to do, everything he tells us not to do, it is for our benefit. He is trying to make us grow 
as people. He's trying to make us reach our potential. He's trying to show us how to receive. How to be healed. How to prosper. How to be happy. How to have peace. These are things that God wants for us. And we see examples. We see Peter. We see Paul. We see all these ones that went through and done these difficult tasks. But yet, through it all, through all the ups and downs, through all the trials and tribulations, they still have a positive outlook. They have content minds because they have realized who God is. And what we, they need to do as believers. They have faith. And we don't do that. We get worried. We get in fear. We get in doubt. We get depressed. We get in desperation. And it's because we lose focus on God. We let all of our circumstances and all of our feelings take over. And we give him all the blame. We're not instantly gratified. We're not taken out of the situation that makes us uncomfortable. And we lose focus. So many times, God can't bless us because we won't allow him to. We won't put ourselves in the right state to be able to be blessed, to be able to receive. Either because we don't know how to, or it's because we simply ignore what we need to do. God has created family. He's created man and woman to come together to work, to be one. To be united. And the world has shifted what that is supposed to look like, what that image is. Back to the, the 1900s. They was thinking the same thing. Because you know there's this um, thing that we can do when we're a married couple that's very enjoyable. And they believed at the time that that was the most important thing that we could do. That we needed to take the, the focus of that. If we could take and trim out everything around it. And we could just focus on the, the personal gratification. That we would be so much more enriched and enlightened. See, without the... The modern advancements in, in, in birth control. It was a time when a woman would have to deal with children. And it was expected of the man that he would have to be to stick around, to be part of that. All because we're not following the plan that God had laid out. See, that's what we miss because we see what we want to do. We see what needs to happen to get us to what we want to do. But we have to circumvent God in the process. And the worst part is we don't even give it a chance. 
We don't really try God. We'll try anything else, but when it comes to God, we want to just completely and utterly push him out of the way, do away with him, and just take on this world view of life. They began to think during that time, 19th century, that it was barbaric to be pregnant, to give birth. And they had a, a plan. They had a vision that perhaps one day that we would not have to base anything on the role of gender, but have more of a, of a fluidness, and that one day that the technology might be there that either gender could give birth. That sounds kind of crazy. That was so long ago, but yet here we are again, and we are repeating this thought process. We are trying to distort what God says, who God is. And this distortion, this temptation, it goes back to the very beginning. In Genesis, for God knoweth and in the day of there, our eyes shall be opened, knowing as God's knowing good and evil. Verse before that said, the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall surely not die. But before God said that the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, thou shalt not eat of it, neither shall I touch it, or ye shall surely die. That's what God says. And God tells us, don't do these things. But yet, Satan comes along, the world comes along and says, is that really right? Is that really what's going to happen? No, I don't think so. We need to go ahead and try it. And we have to look. They were in the perfect environment. In the midst of God. And still, they were corrupted by sin. Satan himself, corrupted by sin. Two and sixteen, and the Lord commanded of the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden they must freely eat. But the one tree, the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat, for in the day thou eat thou shalt surely die. You see, even then we look and we see that Eve has a, a distorted vision, because there was two trees in the midst of the garden. Not just the one, there was two. There was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God shows us that we can eat freely of every of them except that one. But it was that one, the one thing that we couldn't have, and that was the focus. And standing there, the two trees are so side by side, but one, because it's forbidden, because it's tempting, it jumps to the forefront. And we're always looking to that what if. 
What if it's better? What am I missing out on? God tells us we are to, to marry. We're to have a family. But the world says that that's, that's not in your best interest. That's taking away your, your freedom. That we're suppressing women by putting them in these roles. And we can't be defining ourselves by these roles anymore. But do you know that they've done much research on the, on the ideas. And they, they found that women are not happier outside the home. That raising a family is more rewarding than trying to be in the role of the man. That they're happier. If a man can't be the protector, the provider, the figurehead, then what is his purpose? Why is he here? Married men live longer, are more successful, they're happier. They're more active. They have a longer life expectancy and less health problems. Now, isn't it funny that the thing that God tells us to do inadvertently enhances our lives? And that when we go against what God says, there's not an improvement. And I dare each and every one of you to take anything that God says and convince me that by not doing it, by not following God, that your life is enhanced. Now, not temporarily, not enhancing your feelings, because some of the stuff is, is difficult. Some of the stuff that we have to, to shut down and, and conform to, you know, it's difficult to a point because we've been programmed as to act and to speak, and to do things a certain way. And it goes against what the world deems as, as normal. And what the society thinks is the trend for the time. And see, when we go against that, we get pushback from the world. And it's hard to be different. It's hard to be the outcast. Peter, he was... He loved God. He loved Jesus. And he wanted to, to be more 
He was always in that competition with the others. Trying to be Jesus' favorite. Trying to be able to know the most and to do the most. And he really wanted to be strong. But when the time came and they said, do you know that man? He said, no. Because of the influence of the world. You know, God gives us all these examples for a reason. He shows us Adam and Eve. He shows them in the midst of the garden and still Satan is able to infiltrate that. And they let their guard down for a moment and sin flooded into the world. David had his ups and downs. We're just talking about Peter. Imperfect people that make mistakes, that backslide, that fall. But they try to keep a focus on God. And then they overcome when they face the difficulties of the world and the difficulties we face amongst ourselves. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. We have this internal battle that we face. But we don't want to realize that. And that's what we, we have to look at. And we can't give into it. And when we stumble and we fall, we have to seek redemption. We have to look back. We have to follow what God is telling us. And the thing about God is He already knows that we're going to mess up time and time again. But He's there and He's going to forgive us He's going to uplift us and he's going to continue to love us. And he's going to to teach us. He's going to be there for us. All we have to do is open ourselves up to him. We don't even think anymore. We don't even give it a a second thought. We just hear something, we believe something, and we just dig our heels in it so much that we look in logic, facts, truth, and God doesn't play into anything. We draw our lines in the sand and we can't never say, hey, I got that wrong. Hey, I was going down some shady lines of thinking. Word tells us to take capture of every thought. At any point, we can we can change. We can say, "No, that's not what God wants. 
That's not what I need to be doing. And we can change at that point. Another story. There was a, a youngster and he, he grew up in, in one of these religions that has many elements that's not based on the Word of God. And you know, you grow up that way and you hear it. That's what your parents do and that's what your friends do and that's what everyone around you tells you is the way. Then you, you tend to believe it. Until you reach that point when things don't quite line up. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you. When the Word of God speaks to you and then you see things that don't match. And then at some point he was able to realize that, hey, this is not the, the life I need to be leading. This is not the path I need to be going to. That God has much more for me. And he was able to, to break away from that and is now using his story to teach others and help others to find the truth. And that's what the world is doing to all of us. We keep hearing these things. And as we look back, we see it's just the same sin that's, that's rehashed over and over again. And we can go back upon our lives and we see that we've been getting a little bit of it, a little bit of it, and a little bit of it. Because that is exactly what Satan is trying to do. Is little by little, over the course of a lifetime, he's trying to make you believe that everything that he says is true. That everything of the, the world is true. And make you doubt God. And it's so easy. It's so easy. We just throw just a little bit of doubt. Just a little bit of maybe God's not who we think he is. Maybe he's not as great as everybody claims to be. We just plant that little bit of a seed and it grows so quickly because you know our, our feelings they jump in on it our our flesh jumps in on it the world jumps in on it and it's just a a smorgasbord of fertilizer for the seed of doubt to grow and it's the same thing when we get a a false teaching and all it's got to do is sound good it's pleasing to the ears it's said in just the the right kind of way, and then that flourishes too. We're in an epic battle. We have the tools to win. The victory is ours, but the battle is not an easy one. What are we willing to do? You know, we talked about all the different things that we're willing to do for money. How about some true success? How about some true provision by seeking the kingdom of heaven? Why are we not willing to do that? Why are we not willing to give God a try? Why do we want to argue and doubt and fear when we have something so grand Something that has such a high price paid for it that Jesus paid and is freely given to us and we choose not to receive it. 